Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Welcome to a Celtic State of Mind, I'm Paul John Dykes and today I'm delighted to be joined by Colin Watt. We will also be joined by Kevin Graham as soon as he fixes his computer issues, his technical issues. Colin, are there technical issues going on at Celtic Park at the moment? Uh, no, I think the Wi-Fi is working fine. Um, it seemed to be working for Gavin Strachan's laptop and iPad, so we're all good. Um, although I do see there is some groundwork getting done at Celtic Park, which is quite interesting. It looks as if the pitch has been torn up. Is that right? Well, I mean, what I'm talking about there is there's issues with Kevin's connection. Is there a disconnect between the fans and the club? Well, we'll find out, uh, hopefully over the period of this next hour. Hopefully Kevin's just about to join us. He's looking good there. Kev, you good? Uh, no, hold on, wait a minute, wait a minute. 
Right, well, we'll continue to, to uh, run with the show until Kevin is ready to go. Um, so, yeah, the disconnect. This is a big question. Ross County, um, there was a story earlier in the week that John Hughes, surprisingly or not, had uh, left his position at Ross County to explore other footballing opportunities within days, Colin, a new manager's in place. Mm-hmm. And the big question is, how can we not do that? I mean, it shows they're not the only club that's come in and managed to pull a new manager in within the next couple of days. I mean, you see it, Alloa's just about to announce Barry Ferguson. Dundee United have got their new manager lined up. Dunfermline have apparently got a new manager lined up. It's the way that football clubs seem to be able to run apart from Celtic. The Celtic, what we at now, this is day 94, I think, right? Are you, day 94. Are you, are you counting? Are you counting? Kevin is back. <laughs> Kevin's uh, back. I'm back. What I would like to say, I would just like to introduce the new Wednesday team. This is the team who will be taking you through uh, the pre-season and into next season. It's Kevin Graham and Colin Watt. You'll be familiar with a pair of them. And I'm going to leave you in their capable hands to talk about all things Celtic. It's not all about why we've not appointed a manager. There's loads of other uh, discussion points. And I'm sure you'll get involved in YouTube, Twitter uh, and also Facebook. So over to the professionals and I'll catch up with you soon. Sorry about that, lads. It was my first day on a Wednesday and I absolutely make an utter muck-up of it. Uh, I had I, to I'm going to say, Kevin, I, I wouldn't have had this hassle with Amy. I've got you in here as a captain of this ship. I'm expecting more from you. You nearly uh, sunk this ship in day one. I know, I know. I'm sorry. I apologise to absolutely everybody. And that's... I mean, imagine this, my first time on a Wednesday, my laptop completely gives way just before we go on air. <laughs> <laughs> then I come back on and it doesn't work and I had to use another laptop. And, oh, well, I'm here on a Wednesday. And well, when I know so, honey, I managed to actually get a status quo in song in here now. April, spring and summer and Wednesday. A great status quo song if anybody's, if anybody's actually like going to listen to status quo. YouTube that song, it's a fantastic song. Colin, how are you? I, I'm not bad, mate. You're talking about status quo, I think. We're in the status quo once again. It's Groundhog Day, we've woke up, there's no news, we've got nothing on the manager, we've got nothing on the season tickets. <sighs> when is this saga going to end, mate? Oh, I don't know. Hopefully this week. Hopefully this week it'll, it'll end and maybe we'll, we'll maybe get some movement by the end of this week regarding new manager, new coaching staff and like maybe even season tickets. Who knows by the end of this week, start of next week. What we have actually got movement on was last night the Celtic Trust came out with um, a statement about their, their proposal. Uh, their proposal was that they wanted Celtic the added value for the, uh, the for the season ticket holders mm-hmm. last last season would be converted into shares. Uh, it's the marketers' report this week. Patrizia Spagnoletto, global chief marketing officer, direct consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on the difficult task of building and retaining consumer trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. The best thing for us to do is to build a relationship with our consumers. And if those consumers have a relationship with the DJs that are on air, then we want to build on that. House of the Dragon, which was one of our most successful, if not the most successful campaign we've ever done for a show, audio was a core part of that. 
As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. Not just a media company, iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. I, I always looked like an on-goer, but uh, the, com- the company secretary uh, responded to the trust last night and basically says to them, it's a, no, it's a no-goer, it would cost them over a million pounds to administer this, and that the added value was a couple of free programmes, a free virtual programme for the whole season, a couple of free streams for a League Cup game, two friendly games, and what was the other one? Two delayed... Two European games as well, Two, eh? two delayed streams for European game. I mean, I must admit, that was absolutely added value, eh? Oh, I mean, added value seeing Celtic getting knocked out by Fenech Faros. That was added value completely. <laughs> I mean, I, I took a look at this, right? So your season book has always been 19 games plus two additional games. Now, if they turn around and try and tell me that Hibs and Ross County, the games where I think 60 to 70% of people couldn't get logged in because the system wasn't up and running properly, was additional value of those two additional games, then that's a farce. You've then got the, the two games against, I think it was Fenich Varos and KR Reykjavik. That cost the club nothing because they owned the rights to those games because it's the early rounds of the Champions League qualifiers. So then you've got the games against Riga and Sarajevo. Um, so maybe that's the two games they're talking about. They're then talking about the League Cup game. Uh, sorry, it was actually a Scottish Cup game, to be honest, because the League Cup game was a Premier Sports Pass that Premier done as a sponsorship with all the teams in the league. It wasn't just Celtic, you could log into that for the weekend. So you get the game against Falkirk, it was a, a great 4-0 victory. But that's, that means you've got the Falkirk game as one of the additional games on your season book. And then what else? So there's, that's not part of additional value. That How can you turn around and say the games that we were actually meant to give you actually additional value? Doesn't make sense. I, I know there's a couple of good comments coming in there. Um, Fraser Ogilvy comes in and says it's no surprise that the trust, the trust's proposal was not back. I'm not really surprised that either, but it was the way that this whole thing's been handled. It's like you're talking about a couple last week. Uh, you, you got the. The meetings, the fans forum and the meeting with the orgs and both meetings were utterly terrible where the club basically says, come and give us ideas of what like additional value should actually should actually be. I think we're at a point here where it doesn't matter what they're going to give us, if they're going to give us anything. I mean, it's quite clear that they didn't want to give us anything. Nah. And, and it's quite clear that anything that they do give us will just be an absolute afterthought of, of giving us anything back whatsoever. It's the arrogance of the old board. It's the arrogance of the White and the Kellys that I'm mm-hmm. seeing coming from coming from the, the executive team at Celtic Park. And I know there's decent, decent people work at Celtic Park, but I think that they're like, they're just, they're out of touch. The, the, the club is now a soulless vessel who mm-hmm. don't think that we've actually got a voice. And if I was them, I would maybe have a look down south when the European Super League was actually muted 
and you look at mm-hmm. the Man United fans, you look at the Liverpool fans, the Man United fans especially done done great things, and fans have got power. And I can't and I can't believe the club are writing off the the power of the supporters the way that they're actually doing. Now, there was one thing that was said in the fan forum when when I was there that the last season, not the season before, the nine in a row season, thirty thousand mm-hmm. fans took refunds. Yep. Thirty thousand fans took the refund. I was one of them. I took the refund. I'll put my yeah, hand up. I'm, I'm the same. Yeah. Now. How many of those 30,000 took refunds when the board stopped listening to us in the September-October time? I reckon it's a high amount, Kev. It's got to be. And we've always said this about the board. The only way to get their attention is when money stops coming into the club. Look at If you look at it, all we asked for was an update from... The, the board throughout the season to say look this is happening, they kept coming in with the fact of oh, eh, we were going to sack Lennon but then there was a the fan revolt so we never sacked him and then the performances get gradually worse and worse and worse and there's been that complete disconnect from day one at the start of last season with the Celtic board. Now you take they say 30,000 fans the average refund was roughly about £100 so that cost the club £3 million or one vacuum us of bio, right? That's the kind of money that we're talking about here. That spread out over the season is probably broke into, I don't know, maybe four or five different months, so about 600 grand a month that cost the club. It wouldn't have cost the club that money if they'd been upfront and honest with the fans, if they'd actually tried to work with the fans throughout the season. Now, we always say that, or it's been said quite a few times on here, that the boat, the club's now a PLC and not a football club. And I think, Kev, you've been quite vocal about this. When you look at it, we are probably seen as customers as much as we are seen as fans. Now, if you were a customer of a company and the customer service you were getting was below par, you're not going to renew or you're not going to go back to them. And Celtic have to take a look back at the period under Ronnie Dyla where there was the big signs all over the top half of the, the stand where season tickets were sitting roughly at about thirty-five to 40,000. To realise that... The, the banners of shame, as, exactly. we, as, as we called them. They, they've got to take a look at that and realise that that was in a period where we weren't living in a post or pre or current pandemic world. We weren't living in a world where um, people are losing money because they're out of jobs. That was a period where Celtic were running away with the league. It was between Celtic and Aberdeen for the league, so you could almost guarantee Celtic were going to win it. And at that point, you still couldn't sell those tickets. It took for Brendan Rodgers to come in. Um, and for Rangers to get into the top league for the, those tickets to be sold they, I hate to say this but we do we have a fickle fan base we have a fan base that turn up when things are doing great and can disappear when things are going badly and if the board don't realise that they could take a look at the renewals come the first week of next season and see that maybe we've dropped 15-20% now we you take 15-20% at £500 a season book, compare it to what additional value could be, compared to what refunds could be, this could all be avoided with just some plain, simple communication and getting the fans on side. There's always that saying that if somebody's good to you, you'll be good to them back. You've got to earn the favour and the trust of people. The Celtic board just didn't do that this season. 
I think as well, Connor, as I said last week, it's a gesture of goodwill that they're going to need to show. I'm not talking about full refunds. Uh, I'm not talking about, like, we knew what we were signing up for, but we're, we're, we're talking about a gesture of goodwill to the fans who have, who stumped up for basically a season where they didn't get in the stadium. It's basically wanting my football club to do the right thing. Now, if we were running as a football club, we would do the right thing, but we're not. I don't support the PLC. We're run as a PLC, and I don't support the PLC. I support the football club. Mm-hmm. And when folk ask me why did you take your refund for the basic, well, the refund, the the, the hundred pound. I think I think I got a hundred pound, and my daughter got twenty odds. Can't remember exactly who, who it was. The reason I took it was because if I owed Celtic a hundred pound, then they'd be quick enough to take the hundred pound out my bank account. Yep. If I owned the PLC a hundred pound, they'd be quick enough to take it out my bank account. I mean, I've got, I can tell you a lot of horror stories, and like, I, I could, I, I can tell you a lot of horror stories about guys whose direct debits have failed and they've ended up losing their season tickets, by mistakes, by their banks, by the ticket office and stuff like that. Yep. And and the the PLC are not interested. I'll support the football club, everything I want, but I'll treat the PLC as a PLC and I'll treat the PLC as they see me and they see me as a customer number. Oh, 100%. And, but they won't get rid of me. I'm not, they won't get rid of me. And what I'm looking for them is actually, maybe for them to stick their hands up and go, by the way, we got the season ticket campaign completely wrong last season. We need to, we need to give you a gesture of goodwill and whatever that is, it doesn't matter whatever it's going to be now. It's too far down the line, and whatever is going to get offered, there's going to be a, la- a large majority of fans not happy with it. Yeah, and the thing is that the worst thing that Celtic ever came out and said was additional value. They set themselves up for failure coming out and actually saying that. I mean, if you don't promise or offer to do something for someone, you don't have to live up to it. If you just say, this is the season book, this is what you get, you get 19 games, you get an extra two games, uh, it's going to be streamed on such and such. By the way, as part of the additional value, we're going to get you this media production company that's going to come in and they're going to um, do the commentary and they're going to do this and that for the next couple of games and that's going to be you for the rest of the season. We'll bring in special guests, we'll bring in excels to come in and be as pundits and then when it gets to November, December, they decide... Uh, actually, this is costing us too much, so we're just going to abandon that contract like they did. Then you wouldn't have to live up to the fan base who are rightly annoyed at that fact. If you turn around and, and didn't say that, you don't have to live up to it. I'm just going to get Colin to reboot his camera there, Kev. It seems to be lagging a wee bit. Uh, so you started all the carry on the day with the disconnect. Oh, no. But see, the this irony. The this, irony of that. This is what happens when you actually. Like break up the Monday club. This is this what happens. Matt, you try, like, you try to throw like, a span on the works here, Kevin. Aye, it's the uh, Mark and Ward. It's when Mark and Ward were sacked off Radio One. That's it. It's um... well, Kev. I'm sitting in the background, so come on. Let's talk about Celtic. Um, we're talking about the the disconnect, and um, I'm going to dive into your conversation. But it's your conversation, so I mean, when you when it comes down to the frustrations around getting the job done. I try my best to be as balanced as I possibly can because there's obviously contractual issues. Um, would you expect the club today or at any other point this week to come out and just say, listen, 
we're working on this. Uh, we appreciate your concerns and you will be getting something within a, a time period. There is an ETA. It is happening. Do you expect that from the club? And here's Colin coming back in. That that would be the minimum I would expect from the club. Um, I'm, I'm, I want an adult conversation. I want an adult conversation where they're transparent with us, mm-hmm. where they're utterly transparent and say, we're doing this and this is what it's costing us. This is what we want. This is what we're exactly going to give you next season for the, for the season ticket. Because we still don't know if there's going to be a full stadium next season. It's looking... That's still in there. That is massive in there. That's like a, that's like Scott Bain trying to punch a ball. That that's just massively in there. Eh? You be you be careful with I your Scott Bain references. Scott Bain. But no, remember Fergus McCann. Fergus McCann had an adult conversation with us. He came in and he says, "I'm going to build your stadium. I'm going to do this and this. In five years' time, I'm going to leave with your money." That's what we need. We need that sort of adult conversation. And if they're upfront and honest and like transparent with us, then we can all make our own minds up if we're going to jump in the boat if we're going to jump in the boat or not. What what do you think, Colin? Yeah, sorry to interrupt you, Kevin, but I've just been told that the season ticket renewals have just came out this minute. I've just seen it in my WhatsApp chat, the renewals are now out. So anyone who's watching right now can tell us what they've uh, received from the club uh, as terms of renewals. CB Warrior comes in price the same as last season. Well, they put the prices up £50 last season. Uh, £50, £50 last year, so... I mean, that that for me was always the biggest concern, was the, the £50 that was put on last season. I didn't see any justification for the, the ticket to go up last year. Um, and for me, that they knew that fans weren't going to be getting into the stadium uh, right away last year. There would be restrictions. So I, I'm really... For me, the, the obvious additional value would have been to refund that £50 this year and have it £50 less. Surely that's the, the simple way. You would think so. You would think that would be the same. Paul Lamont's coming in. Papers reporting 50 quid shop voucher, Champions League qualifiers and friendly matches. Well, that's that's... I, I like the idea of the Champions qualifiers, but at that time in August, July, August, uh, people on holiday or people used to be on holiday and they start charging 35 quid for a Champions qualifier where you've already bought your season ticket and your, the, the renewals are coming out. I, I'm actually quite into that, but then why do they not just give us, if we get to the Champions League group stage, the Europa League group stage, why do they not just go the season, why do they not just get the season ticket holders that package for money? Are you really surprised, but Kev? I mean, you were on the, you were in the meeting yourself. You know, there's, there's no coherence. There's no common sense going on here. Um, it's, uh, <laughs> are you surprised? Are you genuinely surprised? No, no. If no, the fifty pound voucher is true, it goes back to what I was saying five minutes ago. It's a, it's a like a afterthought. A complete and utter afterthought. What can we do? It's very simple to do. Oh, by the way, we'll just give them a fifty quid voucher. Fifty quid voucher for the shop. Um, we'll we'll let them into a couple of mere games. Just pay up, shut up, and go away. That, 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 that's it, basically what they've says. A fifty quid kit, a fifty quid voucher, probably just about gets you a, a kid's kit. That's literally about it. You don't get an adult top. An adult top's about sixty odd pound. So. 
they're kind of here's a subsidy towards a home kit. Just give them a home kit. Just give them an away kit. Don't just say fifty pound. I mean that's not costing Celtic fifty pound. Because if you go and buy something at the superstore at fifty quid, or you buy it out at any of the Celtic shops, Celtic are making a profit on what they sell you. So it's maybe only costing them in the region of twenty to thirty pound to put this bit out. So that's what your added value is for this season. Your programmes, which I did a poll on Twitter last night, and it said that seventy percent of people had never looked at the the actual match program, um, and the five percent that used it. I mean that if you equate that to season ticket holders, that's about just under three thousand season ticket holders that would probably read that week in, week out religiously. I wouldn't be surprised if that was the, the actual circulation of the match programme itself. And I'm not talking about the people that get it given to them as part of their ticket. I'm talking about people that pay three, three fifty, whatever it is for a, a, a match programme these days. That's probably roughly the circulation. Now, that's your added value for the season. That's what you've got. It's now out there, it's confirmed, that's it. Jobs are good. Now, all I'm waiting on is for this £50 voucher to come in, just like every other Celtic retail offer and say, does not apply to Adidas goods. Uh, it better not be. <laughs> it better not be. But yeah. that's, that's what happens. 20% off does not apply to Adidas goods. 20% off does not apply to New Balance goods when it was back in the day. I'd be surprised. Oh, look, is that the best we could have hoped for? It's probably more than what I actually hoped for after being in that fans meeting. Really, when I came out of that fans meeting uh, last week and I really did think they were just going to go, oh, by the way. This week on The Marketer's Report, Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct to Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeart Media gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Uh, we didn't care if you're going to get in next season. So what we do, just pay us the full price just now and we'll talk about this at this point next year again. That's what I really thought they were going to come out with. I thought they were going to use the Scottish government and the pandemic situation to, like, say, say like, go, I we can't do nothing because of this. It's too much uncertainty. Mm. On you go. It'll be interesting to see if they've tightened up the terms and conditions on the season tickets to actually say what you're actually getting. And so there's no comeback and there's no having a meeting and say, ah, you're going to get additional value. Then just hoping we actually forget about the additional value. There's a, lot, there's a lot of guys coming in at the comments and saying, oh, you want a refund? Does that make you any more of a supporter? Like, no. The reason that we, we want to be treated like fans we want to be treated as if we're the most important people at the club, not like an afterthought. And mm-hmm. the only way that these PLCs actually listen is with money. That's all. If you, the only way you can get change at a football club is to withhold money. And you're going to see that further down south as well with Man United and stuff like that. Eh? So, no, I'm always quite happy that us as a Celtic support, the large majority of us will always question what the PLC board are actually doing because I think that's their God-given right. I mean, you take a look at when the board was actually removed um, well over 25 years ago. That was fans holding back their money so that they can come in and remove the people from the board. Was it? Were they not true Celtic fans either? 
Now, I'm not comparing it because it's not like for like, but it is when it comes down to it. The club is a business, and when a business isn't receiving the revenue it expects to receive, that's when things start happening behind the scenes. That's why when Celtic looked at it, under Ronnie Dyla, they saw how many people um, were actually going to the games, were going as season ticket holders, decided that the revenue coming in from having someone like Ronnie Dyla in charge wasn't going to be enough and went out and actually spent the money to bring in a quality manager like Brendan Rodgers. And look what happened. They sell out the season tickets. It's common sense. That's, that's common sense. And I'd actually hoping like the... The appointment of Eddie Howe, whenever that happens, is going to get is going to get met with the same fanfare and bluster that it would have done four months ago. It won't. It's like the benefit of Mister Kite. Eh? Oh, here's Henry the Horse doing a doing a waltz. That that's what it is. We know it's going to happen, and we know it's like going to the circus and said, "Oh, that clown's going to fall on his butt." We know we know Eddie Howe's going to be the manager. So that wow factor's now disappeared. We've already discussed it till we're long and weary. Stephen T's comment just before that, they've offered something and now we're moaning about it. This knocking a Celtic's getting tiresome. <laughs> I'm no board sympathizer either, and, and and I am bored of speaking about it. You wanted something now it's not enough. I says ten minutes ago to myself, to everybody here, that whatever they offered us was they going to be enough because of the way that they've done it. So that doesn't mean to say I'm not going to accept it, I'm not going to renew. I says right back in December that they'll have to offer some sort of gesture of goodwill to the supportless season uh, for actually what's happened. And it's right for the club to offer that goodwill. It's the right thing to do. If they believe that offering us a £50 voucher is the right thing to do for the football club, then come out and tell us why. I'm an adult, I'm a big boy. Come out and tell us why offering us 50 quid for the club shop is the right thing to do for the football club. I want that adult conversation. I want that Mm -hmm. true conversation. I want that transparent conversation. And that is what we've not had this season. For me, I'm surprised at the, the timing of this announcement. I mean, if I'm being brutally honest, it's getting to the stage now where it's been the best part of nearly 18 months since we got into Parkhead, when the new season opens up, I'm desperate to get back and support my club. I want to be there. I've been a season ticket holder since I was about 10, and I've been home and away, and I've been in Europe. So I am a Celtic fan, despite what some of the comments want to come in and try and tell you. So I'm desperate to get back to Celtic Park, but I'm also desperate for my club to do things in the right manner and to treat people with a bit of respect. Because as you said, Kev, if they were chasing you for money, they wouldn't give you two and three options to do it. You're just asking for the, the loyalty and the support that you've given the club is repaid at some point. And I, I don't know if that is the right way. And for me, my concern is it's, it probably won't affect me. I probably will still renew. But how many people will look at that offer today and say, nah, do you know what? Stuff it. There will be there will be people calling it will actually have a look at that and go, that's not enough for me. And that's fine, but I really believe that there's other circumstances there. I really believe that like that that £50 maybe be better in that guy's pocket. Mm-hmm. And that £50 would be maybe maybe be better no no being £50 that he has to put in his credit card to actually buy a season ticket. He might have been better with that fifty quid in his top, his pocket rather than the fifty pound to buy another uh, another 
top for his brain or something like that. Eh? But they've offered us it. As I say, if I've seen the detail, it's very, very difficult to actually say why. But as long as they've been as long as they've been open and honest and go, this is why we think this is more beneficial for the football club to give you 50 quid to spend in the shop, then I'll be quite happy with it. Tell me. Let me make my own mind up. Mm -hmm. Tell me the truth. Tell us, go, right, we couldn't offer you a £100 because this was going to cost this and this. We couldn't do this because of this and this. So come out and tell us that. We're big enough, we're ugly enough. And come out and tell us. There'll still be the hardcore which will renew anyway. So you're, we're so, now in this situation, Kevin, where th- this is it. So they're giving you a £50 voucher for the club shop, right? So this is it. This is the additional value. I've not been able to read anything more into it. I'd like to see what the club has to say about the fact that potentially we won't all get into the first game of next season because this is the way that the Scottish government are running things. Um, they always seem to be behind the English. Looks as if there could be a full capacity at Wembley. That would suggest that hopefully we'll soon see a, a full Celtic Park. But I want to know what happens if you renew and you don't get into the first three or four games. What happens then? Because there will be ones that will get in and ones that won't. That's just the way things are. I just, as you said, we're adults. Just give us the the, the just give us it in black and white. This is why we've done it. This is what we want to do going forward. And this is how we came to that decision. Now we can we'll be able to argue saying whether it's the right decision or not, but at least we'll have had an answer from it. Exactly, and this is one of the things that it's a whole it's a whole arrogance. I'll be not talking to you. We're not talking to you. We're not giving you anything. We're not giving you anything in return whatsoever. We're not telling you what we're going to do. I mean, just if they come out and say, look, the £50 vouchers allows us to do this, this and this, fine. Explain yourselves. Come out and ex- come out and explain yourself. Come out and explain your decisions, why you've made this decision. Because last week, you didn't have a decision. Last no. week before those fans forums, he did not have a decision. So what in the space of four days has changed? Now, in the back of my mind, being the cynical guy that I'm at, I'm actually I'm actually thinking, going, this was always the plan. Aye. This, this was this. You trying to tell me that this that they'll be able to set this up in five days, under a week? See that the thing is, Kevin. Right, this this season's as big, if not bigger than what last season was. Okay, you were going for 10 in a row last year, but this season, if you win the league, you're practically guaranteed that prize pot of Champions League group stage football, which is something that Celtic have been without now for far too long. We've always been to the point where we're now saying, will we really be a Champions League team? Can we become a Champions League team? No, we're a Europa League team. This is how we're getting on. This season in the Europa League, we were terrible. You've got this chance to get this prize pot. You've got 30, 40, whatever million pounds it is because the UEFA prize pot money keeps going up and up and up. Winning the league this season is imperative. And the fact that they've not cost themselves a lot of money by doing this voucher scheme, to me then has to be translated into the budget for the new manager and for the new players that's coming in so that we invest to make sure that we win the title this season because it is so, so important going forward to get that sort of money in. That can replace everything that was lost during this sort of COVID period. And it it is, I can't say it and stress it anymore, so important to win the league this season. We're behind Rangers by a good bit. 
looking at the way that we've performed against them and the way that we finish in the table, we have to strengthen and strengthen fast. Those first qualifiers are less than six weeks away now. I know, and this is, this is it. So the, the horse is out the door. The, the season tickets are there. So we know we know what the season tickets are. Again, without seeing any details, we don't know if there's going to be fans back in. At the moment, we, we, we are all saying that Eddie Howe's going to be the manager. When, when that's going to happen, we do not know. We, we, we've got to... I, I, I don't know how we can get anywhere out of this. I think the damage has been done. And you were talking earlier on about people saying, well, if I'm not going to get into every game, I'm not going to renew. That'll be the case. Mm. And you know, it will also be the case. There'll be guys who now haven't been to a game for 18 months who will be gone, well, I can just sit and watch it on the telly. I can just pick and choose the games that I want to go to. I don't want to go every week. I don't need to go every week any, anymore. So it is a hard sell. Uh, it is a hard sell at this precise moment in time. And as I say, anything that they put out today wasn't going to change the fact that it could be a hard sell. No. I mean, this, this decision, it, it sounds if I'm exaggerating things here, but it's not really... This decision could determine Celtic's future going forward. If you lose this generation of fans that aren't going to renew, you can lose future generations from their sons, their daughters, that won't renew because their dad's not going to the game. How many times has it been that you went to the game, you started following Celtic because that's what your old man done, that's what your mum done, that's what your auntie done, that's what your uncle done? You're, you're kind of introducing a new generation to Celtic. And if they're not going to the games, if they're just watching it on the telly, there's other games to watch on the telly. You go out and you take a look at uh, kids kicking the ball about nowadays, you very rarely see a Celtic or a Rangers jersey. You see a Barcelona jersey, you see a Man United jersey. It's so important to get people to come along to Celtic Park and to get them to fall in love with the club. But if there's that disconnect between the fans and the board and people aren't turning up, that's really not going to help things going forward. If you get it right now, you've got a future of Celtic fans to follow. You will have, and and this season's maybe this season, last season, has maybe proved that there has been a disconnect. And I think maybe more and most that the Celtic support have not benefited from that emotional attachment. I think once you took away that emotional attachment of going to the games and actually getting behind the team, I think there was a, there was a section of the support turned very, very quickly. And we're hoping when we get back into the stadium, I can't wait to get back into the stadium. When ah, I'm the same. Yep. Like, and even even give them even give them a if they do the the, the lap of honour, whatever it is, if they're still going to do that, then stand and wait on them, even if they've lost, and give them a, and give, give them a, an, an applaud because it has been really difficult to watch the games this season, like on like laptops <laughs> on, on any sort of stream on, that you on, can get on, this year. On, on his goal, on IP TV, which is which was always far better in the Celtic stream, uh, and it's been very very difficult. There has been a disconnect. And I think the support, I think the support are now beginning to realise that a lot of the support are beginning to realise that the club are now only seen us as cash cows. They only see us as a customer number, but the majority of us were all happy with that when we were winning. We're just come back. I'm no moaning. We've had great success. We've we've been off a we've been off four seasons, a quadruple treble winners, nine, nine titles in a row. But if anybody who knows me 
will know for the last out of those nine years, I've been saying we've been running as a shambles, and I think that's came to the fore this season. And people have only actually realised that because we've stopped winning. And it was very much brushed over, Kevin, wasn't it? I mean, it was to the point of where you were seeing things and you're going, that's not right, it's not right. But then, I mean, we're as, as guilty as everybody else are just turning up, paying our money, and then looking at the success that's on the part and going, right, okay, that's fine. But when it comes to a season like this season, you see how much is laid out in front of you and you, you can look at the timetable and see it's been coming up for years and years and years now. We, we literally just continued to paper over the cracks and once that paper was pulled away, the, the cracks were so big that they're almost unrepairable. It is, but there's a lot of highly paid people in the club to try and turn this round. Guys who we are told are guys and girls who 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 are we told who are, who are told that they're experts in their field. Well, prove that you're an expert in your field. Prove it. Go, go and do it. Modernise the club. Take drag, drag us kicking and screaming into the twenty first century. Make us, th- make us a modern progressive club. That that was the thing that always kind of made me chuckle. Uh, during this season when we kept talking about um, oh well we need to let Lennon go he's not the manager for Celtic Um, and he kept going right well you've said that so you pick who the next manager is going to be and you're going no you've got guys that are getting paid thousands and thousands of pounds a week to make that decision for you you're still allowed to have an opinion but you're, you're hoping that these people can come out and say this is who we're going to bring in and we're kind of still not at that stage so maybe we'd have been better off Kev uh, maybe, but then what we're going to do, there's a lot, lot of guys like myself who are on the recurring direct debit. So that direct debit is going to come off at the end of June. Is it the end of June? I couldn't the, tell you, i pay up front. They've probably, probably already processed my, they've probably already processed my money. <laughs> my, my, my renewals probably already went through uh, and it would be up to me to cancel that, up to me to go into the bank and actually cancel my direct debit but there'll be a lot of guys like yourself who pay it up front will wait to the last moment to mm-hmm. actually see what happens and it won't be long this is just my opinion and uh, from experience it will only be long in the next couple of weeks next month June time, maybe getting into July, we'll start getting the rumours or oh, the season ticket sales are slow. The season ticket sales are slow because guys will wait right up to the last minute to actually see what the club does. But you've got the 30,000 like me who will who are automatically renewing unless mm-hmm. we cancel a direct debit. Oh, there will be and there always is that hardcore that will renew um, no matter what the scenario is. I'm renewing with an arm up my back. <laughs> You're getting down there. You, you, you will renew, Kevin. There is no way that you will not renew. And look, most people will probably renew if they can. We know that there's people that's in a situation where they're not able to because of things that have happened over the last 12 to 18 months, and that's completely understandable. And by the way, it makes them no less of a fan if they cannot afford to or or choose not to renew this season. There is more than 57,000 Celtic fans out there because if you were only a season ticket, if you were only a fan because you're a season ticket holder, that would mean there's only 57,000 of us out there and we know that's not the case. So I'd like to put that one to bed for anybody that mentions that. The idea of this waiting list, there isn't a massive waiting list at Celtic anymore. 
that was worked through last season. If you want to go back and take a look at it, the amount of people that were on the waiting list that had only joined that season that we were told this was a, a 15,000 strong waiting list, it got down to those people that were offered a season ticket last year. Um, and I think even maybe two or three days before the start of the season, there were still season tickets on sale. So there is no big long waiting list. So if you lose 10, 15, 20% of your fan base this summer, there isn't going to be that full list of people waiting to replace them. There's not because I noticed a comment coming in there. Sorry, sorry that I didn't catch to get the guy's name, but he reckons that the rumour is that you're only going to get into one to three games. One one game in every three that you're going to get into. So I don't know if he's actually read the terms and conditions of the season book or that, but I noticed a comment like that. There'll be guys sitting there that have got four season to Michael the boy comes in. Households with three or four season tickets will wait. Well, there will wait. If you're only going to get into one in three games and you've got four season tickets, then you are going to wait until the last moment to see where we're actually going. What you've got to remember is the Celtic Celtic sold the season tickets on the on the on the back of last season, reckon we'll be back in the ground by September. And, and Celtic cannot deny that they didn't actually say that because they did say that. Uh, maybe not officially, but unofficially, when you says, oh, you'll be back in by September, you're only going to miss three or four games. That's how they sold it last season. And uh, that, that didn't happen. If, if I'm honest, I generally thought we would have got in at some point last year. But no one could have predicted the way that this scenario was planned out. Now, we look as if we're over the worst of it now. and I mean, touch wood that we're, we're over the worst of it. And hopefully we will get back and we will have a full Celtic park at some point next season. There's still that uncertainty, and it's hard to sell something when you're completely uncertain about what the future lies ahead. Mm-hmm. Paul comes in. The experience of last season should surely show the club that they must stop relying, relying so heavily on season tickets. Embrace the worldwide fan base by launching a membership scheme. I'm fully into that. I am fully into that. And I think this season, I mean, you've got the... There seems to be a division. Oh, you didn't go to the game, so you shouldn't have a say. You go to the games, you're part of the problem. There's guys have got different circumstances. I used to go home and away. Mm-hmm. I didn't go. I go to nearly as many home games as I can now. I hardly ever go away just because of family circumstances, and that that's the reason that I don't go to the away games. Does that make me any less a Celtic fan who goes all all round all, all round the globe? No, it, it doesn't. But when it comes to wanting a ticket, I'll go. Ah, that guy gets one before me. I'll always say that. I'll never, I'll never, I'll never say I should jump in the front of the queue because that guy goes. Maybe I've just actually hanged my own point there. But I just, <laughs> <laughs> I've contradicted my own point there. Eh? But, but that doesn't mean that I shouldn't have the same say as him. But mm-hmm. when it comes to tickets getting dished out fairly, that guy should be in the front of the queue for me. I shouldn't be able to jump in front of him because I've got more money, I've got a better seat, I've got this and that. So we as a support, we've got to embrace there's reasons why folk can't go to the game. There's reasons why folk want a refund. There's reasons why folk didn't want a refund. We're all the same, we're all the same family. And this trying to split us into divisions is what the, the PLC actually want. We need to come together as one. We need to all be, it's out there now, we need to actually move on and go forward. If you're accepting the £50 voucher, great. If you're no, that's fine. That's your choice. But mm-hmm. 
what I really do want is adult conversations between Celtic and the support now. Celtic, the wider support, Celtic, Celtic and fan media, I want adult conversations and transparent conversations. Let's put this behind us. Let's go and win the league next year. Let's appoint Eddie Howe. Let's just get a decent go, man. Come on, let's get on with it. 100%. I think for today it's probably the right place to leave this is we've kind of we've looked at it the, the books have come out whilst we've been on air we've not seen the full details behind everything we're seeing everybody's comments coming in and it's completely split but we are entering a new era today is the start of it the season books are out so it's up to the fans now to choose whether they're going to back the, the club and put the money in or they're not going to and that's up to you that's opinions if they've got them that's fine but the next thing that comes is we need to get the manager in place. And as you're saying, if it's Eddie Howe, then that job, uh, that signing has to be done as soon as possible. That signing could probably convince some people that are sitting on the fence right now on renewals whether to do it or not. But, look, it's the start of a new era. We want the board to come out and have a decent conversation with the fan base and have this communication going properly. We can move on from what was the era previously. The Peter Lowell era is now done. It's done and finished. It's over. Let's stop stop looking back. This is a a legacy issue that's now been dealt with. And there's a couple of other legacy issues that uh, Donald Mackay has to deal with. The boys club been running on the five-way agreement and stuff like that. And I want my club to deal with that right as well. I want my club Mm -hmm. to deal with all those issues right as well. Have they dealt with this issue right? They haven't told me if they've dealt with this issue right because they have they have they gave us a decent answer why the fifty quid is good for Celtic Football Club and not just good for Celtic PLC. I'll always support the football club. I'll never support the PLC. And that's the way that some fans are going to be. Some fans will just see anything Celtic and attach themselves to it, and that's fine. Everybody has their own way of connecting themselves with the club, and they're no less or no more of a fan for doing that. Mm, de- definitely. I mean, let's let's get away from this PLC bashing. I get I get bored of bashing the PLC <laughs> all the time, man. Eh? I'm, I'm becoming a, a right wing. I mean, Wednesdays do become the, the socialist republic eh, of Axon because I'm here. Eh? I, I noticed somebody Har- Harry Houdini came in and he says, "I hope Colin and Kevin get banned for all their moaning for Celtic Park." I, I actually want to know something. I want to know. I would actually be disappointed if I turn up next season. My season ticket works. <laughs> I would take it as a badge of honour. Oh, the ban me, <laughs> Kev. I'm telling you, you brought Harry here because you he never used to watch a Wednesday club. Did he not? It's, it, no, it's, it's definitely it's you coming in. He's a he's a big fan of yours. I've heard. That's fine. That's fine. It's probably my dad. <laughs> Let's have a look. Right, we're going to move forward. That's done. Folk will talk about it. I will do what we're going to do. We've had a missed opportunity this season, February onwards, to to bleed in youngsters to the Celtic side. Mm-hmm. Now, this is this is a future. Uh, going to the Polish second division, the, Remo- the Romanian second division, and buying players now is now out the window. Uh, we're going to we're going to need to start looking at the academy, our own academy, and also academies down in England and for any for any wastage down there, and also Scotland as well. Mm-hmm. I think we're going to go back to localised shopping, local shops for local people, and, uh, as, 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 <laughs> as, 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 as we would actually say. But 
Celtic also have got a youth academy there. And in the first in the first team this season, you had Stephen Wells played, Ralston is still there, uh, mm-hmm. Michael Johnson, Dembele and Montgomery, Oakleflex were all used in the first team mm-hmm. at certain points this season. Ewan Henderson was used as well, but they, they went out on loan. Do you think this is a big part of the, the bigger project with Eddie Howe that we're going to need to start looking within for solutions rather than people expecting a 15, 20, 25, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70 million pounds spent that they might be surprised how the new manager uses what's already there? Yeah, I, I've kind of been on about this for the last couple of weeks. When you look at it, we're not going to go and sign 11 or 12 first-team players and integrate them right away into this team. You're going to have to look at what you've got there and bring forward some of those players. Now, I don't know if anybody has actually heard it. Now, obviously, we're going on the hope that Eddie Howe is going to be the next manager, but Eddie Howe had a fantastic interview with Graham Hunter a couple of years ago um, on his podcast, and he mentioned about the time when he took over at Bournemouth. Bournemouth were actually under a signing embargo, so they couldn't actually go and sign anybody. So he took a look at the players that were there and said, how can I get the best out of the squad that I've got? And he developed those players, he got them up, and okay, then he went on to have to spend the big money when he gets into the, the Premier League, but that's not big money when you think on it. That kind of that 15, 20, 30 million pounds that you're spending in the Premier League, that's just an average signing there. It's massive for us because if we were ever to sign somebody for 30 million pounds, you're hoping that they're the best player we've ever seen play for Celtic. But at Bournemouth and the Premier League clubs, that's just the average spend. So these guys that he's developed, he was good in the lower leagues at picking up players that um, maybe weren't getting a full chance, bringing them in, developing, getting the best out of them. Even guys like Ryan Fraser. Ryan Fraser was someone who, at the time, I'm thinking Celtic really shouldn't be interested in him. He went down to Bournemouth and then was a revelation. And you've seen he's went on to make a move from there since. So when we look at the, the kind of youngsters that we've got coming through, there is a lot of talent there. The, the problem that we've got is these guys aren't given game time. Now, we speak about guys like Lewis Ferguson, we speak about um, guys like Alan Campbell. If they were that good at that age group, at the sort of 15, 16, 17-year-old age group, do you not think Celtic would be interested in bringing them into their own academy instead of letting them be at Motherwell, be at Hibs, be at whatever? That, there's obviously something that's stopping Celtic from getting these players at a younger age. And for me, it's because there isn't a pathway into the first team. So the guys that you're talking about, like Leo Helds, like Ewan Henderson, um, Scott Robertson, they've stuck it out and they still win at the kind of age groups that we're talking about, the 18s, 19s, 20s. But then they don't make it into the first team. They go out and they go and sign for a lower league team. Um, and then within maybe four or five seasons, they're playing at a motherboard, they're playing at an Aberdeen and the next thing it's like, oh, we need to pick him up for three or four million pounds. Why not just have kept him in the, the squad and actually give him the game time? Then you wouldn't have to spend that sort of money. Do, do you think it's a problem with us as a support that young laddies are going to make mistakes and the manager has the, the manager is not going to bring in these young guys to make, make mistakes? The reason that I'm talking about this, and to give this some sort of context, why I wanted to speak about this today, was I woke up yesterday morning to 132 messages in the Axon WhatsApp group and not one of them had told me that Eddie Howe was was the manager. <laughs> um, but it was all about youth. 
the other thing was man, there was a Man United tweet the other day there that fifty percent of all Man United's appearances in their history has come from players via their youth system. And I went, that's amazing. That mm. is utterly amazing. There was another tweet somebody says that Man United have had a youth product in every match day squad since nineteen thirty seven. But I couldn't I couldn't back that up. I couldn't the boy I don't think even the boy could back that up. And I'm going it's just a good one to throw out there, isn't it? Yeah, it's a cl- clacking man. Eh? I mean, who's going? Who's, who's going? Who's, who's going to have? The, who's going to have the time to go and check that? Or go through all the match day scores to, 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 to nineteen thirty-seven. But then I was looking at it and I'm going, "That's where we should be." That's what I, I think we've lost that. And when you have a look at the the residential stuff that they do at Lennox Town, now, who's the only players that have came through the residential since it's been there? Kieran Tierney. Eh, Dembele, um, Dembele. Farouz, but Farouz never made it to the first team as well. But you look at the, the number of players that have left the residential scheme now, and have went to Bayern Munich. Liam Morrison, Barry Hepburn. A number of players have also left to go to other clubs, and we're going. We have to now make these players stay at Celtic. We have to offer these guys the development opportunity to go. You're you're going to get first team games between seventeen and twenty, because mm-hmm. other clubs are willing to give them first team games. These guys are are looking to leave, to go and develop because they know that their development stops at Celtic. Uh, Moravchik twenty five comes in and goes. These boys were all were advised well. Celtic and Rangers wanted Turnbull from fourteen onwards, but took good advice and got over a hundred games at Motherwell first team playing against men. I can't disagree with that. No. Would, would Tum, where would Turnbull be now? He'd probably be getting transferred to Motherwell just now from us. Aye, I mean you, you take a look at guys like Regan Hendry. Regan Hendry could potentially be one of the best signings for anybody sort of from Hibs downwards in the, the Premiership this season. He's a guy that's went on and had a fantastic run at Rafe Rovers this year. And although he's not got the, the legs to be a box-to-box midfielder, he's one of those creative types. He's one of those ones that everybody wants in their team because they can split open a defence, they can pick a pass and they can set up goals. Now, he's on a free transfer this summer. Rafe were, unfortunately, knocked out of the, the playoffs. So he's, he's kind of out there. He's a free transfer. Somebody's going to pick him up and next season, people's going to go, why did we ever let him go? It's always the same, but the player that we're letting go is not the player that he's going to become. No. It's, it's, it's a whole, it might have happened. It, when you look at the players that have went on, out on loan, Ewan Henderson's a perfect example. Ewan Henderson's been on loan a couple of times. He went to Ross County, did, didn't, really, didn't really make it at Ross County. Then, then he went to Dunfermline. Now, he played well eventually at Dunfermline, so he's coming. He's coming back to us. Um, he, he's, he's coming back to us, and I think he's got a year left on his contract. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how can we convince somebody like you and you and I was going to call him you and Ferguson there? <laughs> 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 that's Russell. That, that, that's uh, that's everybody talking about Lewis Ferguson. How can we convince you and Ferguson? I've got to say again. Come on, <laughs> Kevin. <laughs> How can we convince you and Henderson that this is a place for him? How can we convince him? Because he can look at his brother. He can look at Barry Hepburn. He can look at Liam Morrison. Karamoko Dembele can look at Hepburn and Morrison and go, well, I was a better player than them at that age group, but they're mm-hmm. developing more than me now. How can we get these players to stay at paradise? 
it's game time. The only way to do it is giving them game time. Now, you, you look at someone like Karamoko Dembele, he only played three games this season. That's, we had James Forrest out for the vast majority of that season. He was one of the very few right-sided players that we had. We were playing guys out of position before you are giving someone like Karamoko Dembele a chance. Now, I'm not saying he should have started every single game, but we had five subs to come on every game. You could have given him 15, 20 minutes a couple of times, get him fit, get him into the part where you're saying, right, you've played three or four games in a row, go and play 90 minutes, go start a game and see what we can get out of you. It'll help his development. Him playing in training games isn't going to get him to that next level. You know there's so much of a, a kind of increase in the way that the game's played when you go from training that the intensity increases um, when you go from training into a first team game. There were so many opportunities we had to give him this season and we didn't take it and at least we've got him for next season. If we'd have lost him at the end of this season, nobody could have argued otherwise because he's looking at it and going, if I can't get into that team, if I'm not getting minutes, why would I want to stay? I know, and there seems to be a development of younger players who are now more happy to go abroad. You've got Liam Henderson in Italy, you've got uh, Hickey in Italy, uh, you've got Ryan Gold in, in Portugal, he's been there for a wee while and they spoke about they spoke about him this week. You've got the guys going to Germany as well. So there seems to be an opening up for these players to go, maybe we will go abroad and actually be developed. I mean, do, do guys like Liam Morrison and that actually expect? Do we ever expect to see Liam Morrison in the, the Celtic for, uh, in the Bayern Munich first team? I wouldn't be surprised if he's given a, a shot somewhere down the line. Uh, I mean, these teams aren't just picking him up to then sell them on for a bit of money. These teams are seeing a young talent and they're thinking if he's playing with guys that are at this sort of level. And you look at the guys that Bayern Munich have got in there; they'll include them within a squad at some point, whether it be a Champions League game where they're already out of the um, the groups, they'll include them in that and they'll put them in and they'll give them 15, 20 minutes. They've also got the B team, which is playing at a very good level when you look at German football. Mm-hmm. So these guys are going to develop better than what they are going to be if they were going and playing at a Clyde or a Queen's Park. And that's no... Um, I, I'm not having a, a go at these teams, but when you look at the teams that Bayern B or even the, the Bayern team are playing... They're a level above your Clydes and your Queen's Parks. So if that player's going to be playing against better players, it's only going to make him better as a player because he's got to improve himself to get to that level. I would, I would honestly wouldn't be surprised if you see Liam Morrison in a Bayern Munich squad at some point next season. Then you'll hear the clamour for us to buy him back. Oh, that's the way it goes. You'll get that clamour. I mean, already, uh, I keep... The comments keep on coming up. Similarly, Celtic Twitter's went in the absolute meltdown because the club have released a statement. Um, Paul comes in and says, we are truly sorry you have not been able to join us at Celtic Park and sorry we have not been able to deliver the further success which your support has deserved. But here's 50 quid to spend in the shop. I, I've, just, I've just seen one of the first tweets. We'd hoped to have had the... Um announced the manager before providing this update. However, we must now begin the renewal process to allow us to prepare for a phased and safe return to Celtic Park for our supporters. Thank you for your support. Is there a tagline? What's the hashtag? Oh, you know the, you know the hashtag. You know how it goes. One club since 1888. Is, 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 that, is that the hashtag? Oh, That's my it. God. Look, 
we're talking we're, we're talking about guys getting like man's football, right? So you look at the players that have been out getting man's football this year. Ewan Henderson's went to Dunfermline. So he's probably at a better stage of development than somebody, even in maybe like Adam Montgomery, who's got 260 minutes playing for Celtic, mm-hmm. right? So you've got to look, Montgomery's got to have a look at the, the right-back slot ne- next year, or the left-back left slot, so yeah. left-back and go, I can have a go at this as a new manager coming in. You've got Marion Swed in Belgium. Now, a lot of folk, we're going to do the, the age-old hang John uh, Colin. We're going to say Marion Sweds a world-beater because we haven't seen him for 12 <laughs> months. We're going to say that he's going to come back in, in pre-season and completely rip it up and he's going to be a superstar because that's what us fans actually do. We mm-hmm. like holding up, but they could be. He might come back in and impress the, the new manager when he comes in. You've had Luke O'Connell, Luke O'Connell your favourite player, Luke O'Connell. Uh, Outstanding at, talent. At Queen's Park. Now, Luke O'Connell's already had championship football level, like with, with Bolton when he was mm-hmm. eight. He could come in and do a job. Mm-hmm. So for us to be writing all these players off and going, I we need to bring in 12, 12, 13, 14 players, I think we might be surprised who lines up when we go to that first Champions League qualifier. Yeah, I mean, everybody knows the fear that we've always got that you go into a Champions League qualifier and your centre-half pairing is Jack Henry and Neil Beaton because we, we seem to manage to do that for a couple of seasons. Um, and that's actually something that could potentially happen um, when you look at the players that we've actually got left, and that is something that does give you the fear. Um, but look, i seen a comment there saying, um, do you want us to hold on to every single youth player that comes through and give them how many games? That's not the point. What we're saying is I think the decision on some of these players is made too early without actually integrating them in here. We're not talking about Ewan Henderson playing every single game. You're talking about Ewan Henderson being part of that 18-19 man squad and giving them 15-20 minutes. You're talking about integrating players where instead of when we see an injury coming in and we go, all right, we need to put near beat on the centre-half, we play guys like Stephen Milch. Mm-hmm. We don't go out and panic. We actually trust that the youth that we've got coming through can put in a performance for 60 minutes. You can only judge them once they've played for a Celtic team. Once they've put that Celtic jersey on... The amount of players that don't get that chance, to me, is quite disappointing. Yes, it probably pays for the youth development system because the amount of um, money that's made from players leaving and signing for their clubs, you get a training fee, etc. But uh, is that the point of having the youth development system? Are we doing this to give other teams our players or are we doing it to feed the next generation of Celtic players? Is it the Man City, the Man City selling players is now a, it's a business to the Man City and Chelsea? Mm-hmm. That's what they do. They bring in all these players, knowing it's a form of income to circumvent the, the financial play, fair play rules. There's other players on loan. Scott Robertson, who impressed a couple of times that he played for the first team, he was down in England. Leo Connor was down in Tranmere. Leo Connor's a, a, a Republic Island full internationalist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so I think Luca Connor as well is quite well capped by the Republic Island as well. Yeah. Uh, you just. You and Otto was at Clyde, and the Clyde boys have raved about him mm-hmm. uh, there. These and you've got Jonathan Afiobe at Dundee as well. I don't know how he got on at Dundee, but anybody mm-hmm. can put Aye. up with Jason Commons. <laughs> I mean, 
maybe deserves a shot. If you can survive a night out with Jason Cummins, then you've got something about you. You take a look at it, Scott Robertson, as you said, 34 appearances for two teams last season. Um, Lee O'Connor made 42 appearances. I would have Lee O'Connor in if you're going to get rid of someone like... Um, or the, the right-back names to... Ralston. If Ralston's going to leave the club this season, Lee O'Connor comes in there and he's your, your kind of backup to the right-back. That means you've got to go out and get another right-back. But these guys have got to be given some sort of minutes. We're not talking about giving them one or two games, but at least give them a chance. I'll advocate for Luke O'Connell purely because I have the charity bet with Paul John Dykes that if he makes one appearance for Celtic next season, just one, doesn't matter if it's two minutes coming off the bench... He's got to donate £25 to charity. And if he doesn't, I'll do the same. But we're talking about a guy here that's an Irish under-21 international. We're talking about someone, as you said, that's played championship football. There is going to be games next season against the likes of maybe your St Mirrens um, that you can throw him on for the last 20 minutes. We look at James Forrest when he broke into the team. <laughs> Coming on and scoring against Motherwell. And that's the start. Aidan McGeady against Hearts. Just give these guys an opportunity and see what they can do. See if you give them five, ten games and they've not got it, that's fine. They can go out on loan. But you, you just don't know what you're going to pick up by throwing these guys in. You might just find the next star. I mean, Kieran Tierney was so close to leaving Celtic and it was only for an injury that got him called up into the first team training squad. Mm-hmm. Now, what would have happened if Kieran Tierney had departed the team? I know. Duncan Dawson brings in a, a great point guys you can talk about playing youth but last year we were bloody rank and still played guys like Beaton and Rog- Rogic before them and kept playing them exactly that's the point that we're trying mm-hmm. to make I think us as a support and I'm maybe willing to accept us I'm maybe willing to accept we're going to go through a transitional phase and we're going to see a lot of these kids get games and we're just going to need to actually give them our full support and we've maybe actually got to scale back our expectations of where we're going to be at this point next year. I think there's nothing more exciting for a Celtic fan than seeing a youngster that comes through the academy system, breaks into the first team and becomes one of the standout players. Look at how much everybody fell in love with Kieran Tierney. Now, if you'd have said the name Kieran Tierney to 50,000 Celtic fans a year before he made his debut... There's been quite a few that didn't know who he was. But then he breaks into the first team. Now, his first couple of games weren't great. But then he grew into the role and he became better and better and better. And that's exactly what we got. And he went on to make his move on to Arsenal. But you just want to see one of these guys making that step up and giving them the opportunity to, be, to become the next Kieran Tierney instead of just loaning them out and then they disappear at the end of the season because we'll never see them again. I would rather give these boys a chance and, and some of the some of the players that we do sign from other Scottish clubs. I think we have got talent there and we need to start rearing that talent and that that's what I that's what I want to see the club doing. But then we're talking about this and we haven't even got a manager. We seemingly we seemingly have had a seemingly a, we've just had another PR disaster that's <laughs> hitting Twitter at this precise moment in time. Colin, this has been the first Wednesday club. Doesn't it quite sound right? We'll need to actually... We'll come up with a new name. We need to try and work on that. We've been besieged with technical difficulties. We've had a rant at the board. Celtic have melted Twitter since we've been on the air as well. And I need to go back to my work. So, (laughs) (laughs) so, thanks for everybody for listening. Uh, Please subscribe. Please tell everybody. And always remember, support the FC, know the PLC. See you later, lads. 
This week on The Marketer's Report, Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct-to-Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy, and we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeart Media gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.